Make this Christmas memorable with Goat Guns. Get the coolest miniature gun models for your collection. From historical classics to modern weapons, we have something for every firearm and hobby enthusiast. Surprise your loved ones with the gift of Goat Guns, the perfect blend of quality and detail. Shop now and spread the joy at GoatGuns.com. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Chris Grossman about how mobile collaboration technology can support digital transformation within frontline organizations. Chris Grossman, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you, John, for having me here. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I am super excited to have this conversation. You are bringing with you a very unique uh, perspective with your unique background and uh, professional experience. I think we'll have a nice dialogue around how mobile collaboration technology can support digital transformation within organizations. That's what your organization is all about. And I'll give you a chance to share about that here in just a moment. Um, Before we get started, though, I wanted to share Chris's bio with everybody. Chris Grossman is CEO and co-founder of Beekeeper, a secure mobile-first operational communication platform for frontline teams. Beekeeper helps companies connect their distributed workforces to increase productivity and employee engagement. Prior to founding Beekeeper, Chris worked for Accenture on the high-profile international projects in the field of IT strategy for the financial and public sectors. Chris studied chemical engineering, got his PhD in electrical engineering, both at ETH Zurich. Before moving to beautiful Zurich, Chris was born and raised in an entrepreneurial Swiss-Mexican family in Mexico City. What a tremendous background. I love uh, the international flair and flavor of all the experience you bring to the table. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking with uh, people from around the world. And I have to admit, I'm jealous. I, I love Switzerland and I want to go back to Zurich. Um, so wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for joining me. Mm-hmm. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context before uh, we dive on into the dialogue? Thank you so much for the super kind introduction, John. Um, yeah, maybe, I mean, on the one hand side, uh, yes, it's a, it's a diverse background and mostly uh, my roots come also from the frontline worker space. So that has helped me shape a lot of the work that we have, we've been doing at uh, Beekeeper. Both of my grandparents worked at uh, factories. One was a paint factory. The other one was a copper factory. So I had the chance to learn from early on how that worked. My father also worked in such a, a frontline-based uh, organization. So it's great to be here sharing those experiences. Thank you so much for having me here, John. Wonderful, wonderful. And perhaps as we get started, you can just provide a little bit more background to Beekeeper. Um, What exactly is Beekeeper? What are you doing and trying to accomplish with organizations? Uh, I got into that a little bit in your bio, but elaborate on that for us. 
and help us understand the, the mobile technologies that you're utilizing? Yes, for sure. So if there's one thing to know about Beekeeper is we are the frontline technology company. So we devote all our energy, our passion to these forgotten workers, the frontline workers. So all of those that are not sitting behind a desk, like most of us do probably. And we believe that they, they have been a little bit forgotten from all of this digital transformation that most of us have actually um, lived through. They still very much work with pen and paper, with things that are just cumbersome all the way to difficult to actually work with. And as if their jobs were not already difficult enough, I think there's a lot of friction that one can help remove from their jobs, from their lives with the right tools, with the right technology. So we're really passionate about them. We believe there's a lot of potential in every single one of them if we provide them with the right tools. And that is also the segue into believing that that is one of the possibly biggest competitive advantages that businesses can really build up nowadays to free up their frontline from all of that friction that there is around. Yeah, excellent. And I appreciate the focus on frontline. Uh, frontline workers, that's really where the rubber meets the road. Uh, and where the magic happens within an organization in terms of the products and services being produced or, or um, interactions with customers uh, to be able to deliver and, and provide the support uh, for the products and services. And so we absolutely need to be paying attention to frontline workers. Uh, you're right. Oftentimes when we discuss um, issues around digital transformation, it's kind of seen as a more high-level conversation uh, for the C-suite, for uh, middle managers on up, and not really for everyone else. Uh, and, and that really can't be the way uh, we do it moving into the future if we want to stay competitive. Um, other organizations are, are going to find, you know, eventually catch on, and they're going to be more effective, more efficient. They're going to, like you said, in your, like we, I read in your bio, you know, you're going to engage your people more, those frontline employees more. They're going to feel more appreciated because they're not having to watch, you know, their boss who sits in an office getting all these nice tools and then they have to use a, a pen and uh, notepad. Um, so, so yeah, let's invest in them just like we try to invest in other areas of the business. And I think that can pay a lot of dividends. Totally, totally true, John. Great. So let's dive on in and talk a little bit more about the, the role of technology in organizational transformations. Uh, and we can we can focus in on frontline workers in particular, uh, but we can also extrapolate and, and talk a little bit more generally about um, organizations as well, uh, specifically mobile collaborative technologies. Describe some of what you do at Beekeeper uh, and, and some of what's out there that can help uh, employees on the front lines to be more collaborative, to be more engaged, to be more connected with the organization, its mission, its purpose, all of those elements. Totally. So I think one really important thing when we talk about frontline workers is to understand really their whole context and the way they engage with companies nowadays. And I think there are a few learnings that we have had uh, while building the, the company and building our product and platform. One of them is the principle of simplicity. I think anything that just adds more <laughs> friction to what they do is, uh, is more of a killer rather than, than anything else. So that's why as opposed to, for example, how you and I probably have all our tools on our phone. I'm sure if you saw my phone, I have 15 different apps on there and you log in with single sign-on here and there. And it's fine if we have 15, if not 20 apps on our phone and 30 different tabs open on our browser, that's all fine. It works, right? 
but that's just way too complex when it comes to the front line. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done in understanding how to really digitally enable them to do great work, to feel engaged, to deliver great products with great quality, right? And what we do at Beekeeper is we provide with what we call a single point of contact, a single point of entry for that frontline worker for everything they need in the organization. And we try to bundle, simplify, and really put in a very simple manner at their fingertips, whatever it is that they need as they need it. It can be from communicating with their immediate teams. It can be about asking uh, changes to their shifts. It can be about... Um, checking out their time stamps, their statements, their pay slips. So there's a range of things that they typically have to go and ask somebody to do it for them orally. They have to try to log into somewhere where maybe it's just a kiosk computer where they hardly remember their password and username. And we try to basically put a simple mobile layer on top of all of those things, integrate with them, and just extract whatever information is most useful to that frontline worker in that moment. And with that, what we see is there are great uh, returns in terms of productivity, efficiency, quality, safety by investing in this type of technologies simply out of the sheer amount of friction that is removed from their day to day. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And, and I have to say too, I've, I've worked plenty of those frontline jobs um, growing up. And so I can mm-hmm. think back to those experiences and many of them you know, were very frustrating um, you know, I worked in a factory, for example, for a long time. I, I, I've worked in customer service. I've worked mm-hmm. in call centers. I've, you know, I've done those things earlier uh, in my adult life as I was, you know, going through school and, sure. and whatever, you know, like most, like a lot of us do. And yeah. um, we never had any of that. And so it, you yeah. just kind of dealt with the frustrations. But now I look at my two, uh, I have two teenage daughters, age 15 and 17, Mm-hmm. Um, and they both work in fast food. Uh, one works at Chick-fil-A, one works at In-N-Out mm-hmm. and both companies are, are pretty good companies to work for. Um, and both actually utilize exactly what you were just describing. Um, and so I can see my 15 year old daughter, she needs to get a shift covered. She doesn't have to like go and call through, you know, this big, uh, list of phone numbers from mm-hmm. people who work at the at the branch. She can go on the app and she can do everything in that app. She can request okay. time off. She can request someone to cover her shift. She can look at her hours. Uh, she can even do some trainings. Like there's there's a whole bunch of things in there. And same with my my uh, older daughter who works at my 17 year old that works at In and Out. And so you know I think it's a no brainer um, that that we provide those types of opportunities uh, for. Uh, for our people, for our frontline employees. And I, I honestly have no idea what that costs to uh, to in and out into Chick-fil-A, but I, I imagine it's probably not that much, uh, especially when you consider the productivity gains um, that are had through it. And I think again about, you know, just using my, my 15 year old daughter as an example, they, they also just kind of, they get to know each other and they can communicate with each other even off hours through through the technology and through the mobile app. And so it just helps them be more connected in a way that I don't remember ever feeling connected to my colleagues when I was uh, a frontline worker, you know, earlier in my life. That's, that's beautiful to hear, John, and can only very much relate to that. And I think, I mean, as, as you saw it with your daughters who are, let's say, super well-versed with technology, this is something natural, probably almost that they were expecting. So imagine the next job that they take, if there's not something like that, it's going to be like, well, 
what's going on, right? And the sad reality is that most of the businesses are not really at that level yet. And there's also another perspective, which are uh, not the 15-year-old to 17-year-old uh, frontline workers, but the ones that are maybe 50, 55, 60, right? And all that generation that is almost about to, yeah. let's say, uh, start to retire, but not quite there, that still carries a lot of institutional knowledge. If you think about factories, workers uh, that have operated machines and plants for many, many years. So there's a whole drain of know-how that will basically walk out the door the moment that they uh, retire. And that at the same time, simply struggle much more with those type of things uh, for a while. We have a beautiful story about one hotel in San Francisco where we rolled out Beekeeper. One of the cleaning ladies, Maria was her name, she basically started crying when she saw what she could be doing with mm. Beekeeper. And we were like, whoa, did we do something wrong? Sorry. So we, we approached her to understand what was going on. And she shared with us that so far she had been spending one and a half hours every Sunday each way just to go and stand in front of the bulletin board and see when her shift was going to be for the next week so that she could plan that with the rest of the week, right? So it was one and a half hours on the way there, one and a half hours back. Mm. three hours of her Sunday completely gone just because she didn't have access to that information, right? And doing that from a mobile phone directly without having to travel that much also had a huge payback in terms of her personal life, the engagement she felt towards the company, and of course, how she ultimately performed there, right? So. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. That engenders commitment, doesn't it, from your people when all of a sudden you can give back to them three hours yes. of their life, <laughs> yes. especially three hours on a Sunday yes. when they're probably spending time with friends and family. Um, yes. That's tremendous. Right. And so I, I think, I, I think that is, is beautiful and, and what a, a great testament to the power of these, to your point, simple technologies, like simple implementation. It doesn't need mm -hmm. to be complex. We don't want it to be complex. Yeah. It needs to be user-friendly. It needs to be accessible, especially to older generations that may not be quite as comfortable utilizing the technology as my teenage daughters are. Totally. Well, very good. So what do you see as some of the major obstacles, the, the barriers to this sort of digital transformation for frontline majority 
industries? Yes, it's super interesting because most of the barriers we see are, I would say, almost fear-driven a little bit, just because it's technology that has never been deployed to the hands of frontline workers. So that's also something super important to consider in this mix, that it's very understandable that organizations are somehow respectful, if not all the way point to almost fearful of paralyzed of saying, well, I've been dealing with unions, I've been dealing with work councils, labor laws are nothing other than probably quite complex. So do I really want to do this? Like, do I want to open up a Pandora box and so on? Um, and what we find over and over is that A, work councils and unions are almost the first one to get on board on this because they see it as you're finally sort of appreciating these second or unintentional second class citizens that have happened because they don't have any sort of technology. So that's a positive one. Um, it opens up the dialogue uh, around that. The end users, the, the Maria that I shared with you, they love it as well. And many of the concerns of thoughts of are they going to use it or they're not going to use it and so on, they basically vanish as you start rolling out these technologies, right? So there's a lot of, I would say, of internal barriers to these type of changes. Understandably, it's a, it's a change and as any change, it needs to have some sort of guidance and, and coaching. But I think uh, we see it over and over with our customers, having the right arguments and the right data along that way can tremendously help, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. That that that's wonderful. And what have you seen during the pandemic? So you know, we're we're trying to enable, uh, provide this these digital technologies um, to to create digitally enabled workforces. Um, mm -hmm. During the pandemic, it's been vital. We've had frontline workers that have gone back to work in person, um, but we have a lot of people that have gone remote. We have a lot of distributed workforce. Uh, what have you seen in terms of enabling? And, it, and, and these workforces adapting through the pandemic? We've seen incredible things, to, to be honest. We work with uh, the largest, for example, food manufacturing companies. So all our customers together produce roughly 40% of all the meat in the U.S. So we have had the chance to actually see a lot of how the pandemic played out in, in customers, in plants that had already beekeeper versus the ones that didn't. And one of the big changes we've seen is just being able to continue to operate your plant and your business thanks to technologies, right? Many of them had to even shut their plants when they were having outbreaks of the pandemic. And they were paralyzed by the amount of work that it takes to actually give the notices, the health updates. You have to basically print it, translate it into so many different languages, make sure they get it. Sometimes they're not even on the site. So do you send it by snail mail? Do you give them a call? It's things that consume so much energy, so much time from organizations that you wouldn't even believe, right? And in contrast to that, the ones that either adopted it or had already such a system in place, they navigated the whole thing so smoothly in the sense that by the click of a button and within 30 seconds, they were doing things that other took hours to actually get done, right? So you can imagine the amount of, of agility, the amount of time that, that you save with that. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, so let's think more about the the ROI of all of this. Um, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking about it and I think, wow, this seems like a no-brainer. Yet many organizations, as you said, aren't doing this currently. They're not in uh, the mode of trying to accomplish this sort of digital transformation for frontline workers. What do you see as the ROI and how can 
those technologies ultimately impact the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we what we see across the board is you can quite easily digging deep enough into the business processes and so on, find ROIs of 10 to one from for which $1 that you invest, you get 10 in return. And actually the example of Maria is a very good one where it's one of the extremes that she was ex- like almost wasting three hours every Sunday just to go back and forth. We have found and learned from research that frontline workers on average spent three hours every week just looking for information. And that is just looking for information. I don't understand. I need to go and ask. I need to look it up. I need to read a manual, look up the the paperwork. And those three hours, if you sum it up for a population of a thousand employees, you're very quickly talking about $8 million every single year that just get waste because of those small things. And those are the type of things that we can easily cut in half that we can reduce the time as mentioned before, with those examples, not only from a few hours into a few minutes, but even a few seconds. So the gains are tremendous. And it really depends a little bit on, on the business. But I think having that 10 to 1 uh, figure in, in your head is something that can make probably easier and even more urgent those type of investments. Yeah, that, wonderful. And so what should you know anyone listening right now and they're thinking oh this sounds great but we, we you know we currently don't have it in the budget we're not doing anything you know what would you say to those individuals um they they recognize you know as you're describing there's good roi there's good bottom line benefits doing this um but where where do you get started yeah excellent question excellent question because that's normally the situation for this type of technologies that it's not like there's a line budget that has been there for 20 years like for your erp right but it's something that, that you realize, wow, now it's the moment because everybody has a smartphone. Everybody's open to this. There might be already even using some shallow uh, IT type of tools and consumer tools to address some of those things because that's also something we've seen. They're, it's not like they're stupid. They're really resourceful and they're really smart and they will find a way around to get those things. It's just going to be probably in a risky, non-compliant, non-secure way. So the way probably to start is a, identifying what are the biggest gains that you can do? What are those low-hanging fruits? Second, for example, BigGiver, we do have free trials. We do have a chance for people to actually test it, check it out, even start using it. And I think with these type of transformational technologies, there's nothing like showing a small case where there was an impact. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be the whole company, but something that makes it graspable for the rest of the organization. I think those are the most valuable ways of catalyzing change in these situations. So with that, one can raise awareness, one can bring the right people around the table, one can really start thinking about things, but it's sometimes hard to imagine how the world would be if you have never seen it, right? It's probably when... Before we all had mobile phones or before we all had mm-hmm. laptops, we never thought we would need something like that. But once you have it, it's like, well, how am I going to do without this <laughs> if, it, if I don't have my smartphone with me the whole time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, it has been a real pleasure chatting with you, and I appreciate all the perspective you've provided. Uh, it's, it's really important for us to think about digital transformation and HR technologies that can enhance you know, our workforce and the productivity, the efficiency of our workforce and help us accomplish more of what we want to do, um, not just for the C-suite, not just for managers, not just for, 
you know, office workers, but for frontline employees. And that's something that Beekeeper does really well. Uh, so thank you for sharing more about that. Before we finish off today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about you, your organization, Beekeeper, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yes, for sure. Also, thank you very much for the invitation, John. It's been a, a great uh, conversation. Thanks for the invitation. From our side, I will conclude with uh, two invitations. One of them is if you want to learn more about the topic of the frontline workers, we have recently released our book. It's called The Rise of the Frontline Worker, where we basically summarize the last 10 years of our work at Beekeeper really focusing on the front line, what is needed to get this type of changes going, what are the biggest barriers, how do you navigate them. So it's not a sales book and a pitch about Beekeeper. It's really something that hopefully will add business value to you and to navigating these type of topics. And the second one is, as I mentioned, getting started can be somehow daunting and difficult. We're here to support and you can check out our website or our free trial at www.beekeeper.io. With that, I also thank you, John, for this. And it was a real pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you, Chris. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Chris and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital. 
exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.